here, Sean. We get it. It's time for Final Jeopardy. And so this was the Final Jeopardy. A ride it has been, from Burt Reynolds to Minnie Driver, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, those celebrities did not know the right answer to any of your questions. No, they did not. They were very stupid. Well... You got that right. Well, 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 two Trebecks. I feel like I'm in a Raisin Bran commercial. Two scoops of fruit. Back off, Connery. I don't have to take that from you. I guess it's true. Old nutty couples do start to look alike. Okay, please. From all of us to all of you, good night. Good night. Rest in peace to two legends. Yeah. Starting on a very somber note. Uh, what a bummer. Uh, I mean, we take, we take like two weeks off and so many things happen. <laughs> and for each week, a <laughs> devastating yeah. icon lost. Really bad. But, you know, at the same time, uh, not, not, uh, not so shocking because these are – uh, you know, these are people that uh, we kind of knew were at the end of their life. Um, so Doing stuff, yeah, or yeah, in poor health. And also, uh, what epic and long, uh, healthy, great runs they both had. Right, um, right. You know, uh, 90 and 80, I yeah, think. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk I mean, about Connery a bit more later, but um, but 90 years old, you know, that's uh, that's a good run. And he, yeah, he, he, he's been old for 50 years. <laughs> you know, I, I started, you know, you think about this with like your favorite, um, you know, stars and celebrities and stuff. People have been in your life in that yeah. way. And I started to think about Connery just every now and again. Be like, man, I wonder how long he's going to be around right. uh, when he hit 80. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, 10 years is a long time to be yeah. like, ooh, I wonder how long. Cause, and I also – Really thought when they had said, you know, his health has kind of declined, he's retired from public life. I really thought he would be the first Bond we would kind of lose. You know, right. the original Bond would be the one. Obviously, Roger Moore passed a few years back. Yeah. But I thought he would be first. So he lasted a, a, a longer in this kind of last chapter than I think a lot of people uh, would have guessed. But um, but obviously on to, uh, you know, I don't think he was in, according to what I read, that his, you know, widow was saying about, you know, just his dementia and everything else it's you know more of i think a blessing that he's finally uh yeah. finally gone on that's a, but, that's peaceful uh finally right yeah right this one hit me hard i mean i you know we talk about celebrities and losing celebrities i remember being like really really uh just kind of i remember my, my jaw kind of dropping at heath ledger just because that mm -hmm. one was so unexpected and sure. he was you know kind of the young new hot thing but you know outside of that i don't know that there's a celebrity that i've kind of grown up watching and is so kind of in my brain, yeah. you know, in terms of his, just his, you know, whatever his myth is or whatever he, you know, he created his on-screen persona, I guess mm -hmm. you would say. Um, the only one I could think that would be bigger than this really for me one day, hopefully a, while, a long time from now is Harrison Ford. Yeah. Cause that's like yep. the one I, you know, truly I'll just be like, good God, that's that'll be man. absolutely devastating. That's true. Yeah. But, but Sean, I mean, arguably as iconic as, Mm -hmm. Just about anybody, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, I mean, the man who originated James Bond. And I know, obviously, James Bond was a series of books, and you can find uh, a questionable uh, American television film starring Jimmy Bond, where they turned him into an American agent. Uh, the mm -hmm. first Bond on screen, that was Casino Royale. It's pretty bad. Um, but, 
you know, most people that know James Bond didn't read the books. I've read several of the books, but right. James Bond, I think, to most people he is came Connery, into their consciousness. Yeah. yeah, and was built off of Connery. Whoever right. you like the best, like he's he, that's the foundation. It's not really in Fleming's books to yeah. the vast majority of people who know James Bond. Um, so that's that's a hell of a thing. I don't know that there's a more iconic fictional character. Um, that's married to an actor, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. you know, like a Superman or something that goes back kind well, of to. Well, he's he's the he's the original, and uh, yeah, there there really isn't any franchise that's more uh, significant in terms of length and years. So it it's arguably the most iconic movie character of all time by far. I I would argue I, I don't I don't even know who would come close. Um, you know, like you said, something like Superman or something very yeah. iconic, but not anywhere near, you know, not, it doesn't span the years and it doesn't have the, right. the, right. uh, staying power and, uh, and significance in people's lives. So yeah, pretty significant. Um, and, and I was also thinking, you know, we were looking at all through all these clips of his through the years and I was looking at the date on all of the ones that we were playing and it's just such a concentration in obviously you you have plenty in the 60s uh, you know and into the 70s of of you know mostly bond but such a concentration in the 80s and then yeah. it it's yeah. definitely spills into the 90s for sure but it's it's right. basically right. like 15 years it's like 1980 to 1995 or 1983 right. to 1980 right. uh, you know, we're not talking about 30s, 40s, 50s actors. We're talking about, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s right, actors. Right. And uh, and and one of the first significant ones to go. Um, but like you say, I don't even know who else would, would be as significant. But um, anyway. Yeah, I yeah. don't know who you'd compare it to. But, you know, we, we keep talking about James Bond. And <clears throat> I think the only – to me, I think off the top of my head, the only comparisons you can find really are characters that are not – like married to an actor. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like James Bond, the actor has to be James Bond, right? Yeah. And I realize that Darth Vader needs the voice of right. James Earl Jones, but that is a character who is created on paper. Yes. And, and kind of stays that way. Like the Wicked Witch of the West is iconic. She's on paper. It's not yeah. a, it's not about same the thing actor. as Superman yeah. that I was saying. This is, this is the one that's kind of married to a person. I do feel the same way about Indiana Jones, like with mm-hmm. Harrison Ford. But the thing about James Bond, like you said, is, you know, it's the longest running series of all time. So yep. if you're a cinematic, you know, if you're a movie fan, whether you like the series or not, I mean, this is something that started in 62 and pretty mm-hmm. much just continued on. And we've been 50 years and we've had six bonds and we've had 25 movies. If we ever, Pre- you know, get to see pretty soon, we'll be into that cat into that territory of Star Trek having the same amount of years. I mean, obviously it will never catch up to right. it, but it, in right. terms of, yeah, what, what we're talking about in terms of years. Um, Star Trek's getting up there, but not, you know, yeah, not quite the same. But that's and also not something that you know. With James Bond, I watched a recent interview with uh, Roger Moore actually, where he talked about, well, you know, when you shoot these movies, you're in every scene, yeah, which is a little bit of an exaggeration, but basically, basically. these are films that are are the character. I mean, mm-hmm. they they just follow the character around. Yes, you have a supervillain, so you may leave to see his plot or his crazy right. headquarters, all that stuff. But you're basically the whole thing is built off of following. This mythic character who is, you know, 
it's the adolescent male wet dream, really. It's the man's fantasy, right? It's the, it's the, he's the coolest guy in the room. He wears the best clothes. He has the best toys. He has the best cars. He always gets the girl and he always kills the bad guy, saves the world, right? Like these are just fantasies, but, but you have to have someone who's so smooth to pull that off where it's not a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like it either has to be a big wink or somebody like Connery who just somehow walks in and, you know, takes the air out of the room. Um, and, and again, we're going on and on about James Bond, but, if you took the Bond movies out of his career, which is what he will always be remembered for, mm-hmm. you are left with a career amount. that anyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, anyone would envy. I mean, I was just scrolling through IMDb, right? And th- this is going way back. This isn't going to be anything a lot of our listeners will know. But The Longest Day, which he was in the same year as Doctor No, is considered one of the great, you know, war movies of all time, mm-hmm. uh, and was one of my dad's favorites. It's very aged now, but it was kind of like the Saving Private Ryan of its day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was in a Hitchcock film called called Marnie, which I know um, Rachel, our listener and friend, uh, really loves and is a is an amazing film too. But then when he gets done with Bond, I mean, after that is finished, you talked a little bit about the eighties and you know, and eventually the nineties. But I don't know if you've ever seen the Man Who Would Be King in the seventies. Oh no, I would I know argue. That, yeah. That that is as profound a movie as he ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, really incredible. Uh, Start as Robin Hood, which a lot of people don't know, but mm-hmm. in Robin and Marion with Audrey Hepburn. Um, and this is another one that I had forgotten about until I saw that. He he does an incredible, like a really fun cameo in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, the Kevin Costner one mm-hmm. where he shows up as um, as the king in the end, King Richard. And it's basically like a kind of a tipping the hat of he played Robin Hood in the last movie. So, you know, another thing. But then uh, in addition to all that stuff, you get into the 80s. I don't know if you've ever seen Outland, but uh, really fun uh, science fiction film. Time Bandits, which is mm-hmm. pretty iconic. Um, Highlander, which is is easy to make fun of. And I will make fun of it. But also <laughs> he's so fantastic as the mentor. That was his Obi-Wan character. Right. If you've never seen it. And his scenes are the best scenes. Um, have you ever seen The Untouchables? Actually, no. Dude, the Sean Connery in The Untouchables and the movie The Untouchables, I, I can't put it above all of the Bond films like as a whole. But, I mean, if you were asking me to name like the best three Connery films, I just think he is so fantastic in that movie. That movie's so great. And then, of course, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I mean, yeah. you know, come on. As as Who else could have been I'm, – I'm saying what everyone said already, but who else could have been – Indiana Jones's the father, father yeah. uh, and the original. And, and then for him 100%. to play it so self-deprecating as such a nerd, instead of rolling in like the coolest guy to kind of flip that on its head. He's the most, uh, I won't say likable. That's not really not the word, but he's, he's to me the most interesting and uh, kind of attractive, uh, you know, version of Sean Connery and character he played in that, you know, so many other things. He's just such a man's man. And he's uh, yeah. he's so gruff, and then in, in, and you know he's he's a little harsh in you know Crusade, but he's also right, right. really not at all. And there's something about him that's just incredibly like warm, even oh. though he's not warm to Indy. He's he's warm. Yeah. There's something, but about you still him. feel it. And yeah, you're still, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he you know he he at the end where he, Indy's getting you know pulled by the grail and he's trying to reach away yeah, and, and he so gives him that Indiana, let it oh, go. Yeah. Yep. That there is like you just said, warm, the warmth in his voice mm-hmm. in that for right. somebody who played, you know, bond and was a cold blooded killer. It, that's exactly um, the, the, you know, it's just, yeah, that's, that's an impressive yeah. thing. And, and we didn't even get to look hunt for October. Oh God. Uh, incredible yeah. film. I mean, the rock, well, I mean, a lot of people our age know Connery. 
from the rock <laughs> from which the was rock. clearly like a yes. nod to james bond and it's yes. such a fun movie but like yes. that's what a lot of people know him from and i've already named this is the last one i'm going to mention we can move unless you want to talk more but uh i mentioned as one of my hidden gems early on in our podcast uh finding forrester oh right which Love to it. me yeah. feels kind of like his swan song i know he did a couple other mm-hmm. films but that feels like an appropriate last movie to me yeah. and i thought he was great in it and even that was 2000 man at 20 years ago yes uh, that movie came out when he was 70 so um just unbelievable i mean a imdb a filmography to match anybody's yeah. really as as dense and as interesting as it gets pretty much um, right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to come back to Connery in a little bit. Uh, I want to get through some other stuff. We'll, we'll play some clips of his. Um, so it's kind of semi-tribute uh, episode. Um, but uh, we also want to keep it light and talk about some fun stuff we've watched recently. So let's uh, let's talk about some movies that we've watched recently. Do you have uh, any movies you want to talk about? Um yeah, there's a there's a handful. Um, we we ended last episode and it was kind of our our Halloween special, mm-hmm. and there were a couple more. You know, we recorded that a couple of days before Halloween. There were a couple of other uh, kind of horror ish movies. Oh yeah, uh, that Jess and I plowed through before uh, before that kind of ended. Um, did you uh, did you ever see a movie called Phantom of the Paradise, which is a kind of spin on the Phantom of the Opera? Thing? No, it is. Utter insanity. It's right. it's like a seventies sort of rock opera version of Phantom of the Opera. Cool. And it's insane. And I don't really do drugs. I think anyone who does, you know, drug likes to do psychedelic drugs or whatever mm-hmm. to watch a film, this is probably a movie really? for you. <laughs> it's it's just crazy. It would be a great midnight movie at the New Bev. Cool, you know, if that yeah. stuff ever starts again. It was really nuts. It was really wild. Um I don't really know what else to say about it <laughs> except for that. But I just wanted to mention it because every now and again, you know, you come across remember how we felt when we saw House? Oh, sure. And you come across something that you're like, I'm not necessarily even recommending this, but I just want people to know this is out there. And it's yeah. uh, it's something that I wish uh, I had different. been on some some heavier drugs when I saw yes. House because I just yes. smoked. I smoked a big joint and I was very high and tired. And House is just <laughs> right. nuts. And it's like right. being high just wasn't enough. Sometimes yeah. you got to do the hard shit. <laughs> could've, could've, that's right, kids. You heard it here first. <laughs> disclaimer. Disclaimer. Do not do hard shit. Um, unless you're a consenting adult and you yes. know what you're doing. Um, we don't judge either way. Um, yeah. We we also watched We Summon the Darkness, uh, which is one of those Netflix. Uh, oh, cool. Straight to Netflix kind of horror stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. Uh, nothing, nothing to write home about. I introduced Jess to Predator. I was oh, very excited sweet. about that's that. Awesome. She'd never seen it. And she was digging it. Um, yeah. it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It would have been more fun if I had not, um, had to, I ended up having to, I was trying to book some flights home for Christmas and I was oh, like yeah. in and out a little bit, but, but anyway, it was still, still an incredible, uh, incredible thing. We watched the new Borat movie. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it was Borat. It was yeah. exactly what we thought it would be. Um, and then we, uh, also, um, I don't know if you actually, this was just me. I was watching this one in my, in my free time, but uh, I don't know if you remember a movie called a hidden life. Uh, that it sounds a, real familiar. It's a Terrence Malick, uh, a film, you know, so oh, if you know yeah. Days of Heaven and all the, all of his stuff is kind of mm-hmm. meditative and, you know, a little, um, I don't know, n- not necessarily grounded. It's a, it's a little bit kind of up in the air. Um, but, uh, you know, this one has a little more of a through line and a story than a lot of his stuff, uh, at least in a traditional sense. And it is about a 
guy in Germany uh, as the the rise of the Third Reich, you know, the rise of the Nazi party kind of takes over the country and his moral dilemma of just refusing to he's nonviolent, but he refuses right. to go off to war and join um, the Nazis. And ultimately, his refusal and his sacrifice, um, they ends up taking his life and he, you know, he loses his family, loses him and all this. Stuff. It's, it's incredibly inspiring. It's incredibly heartbreaking. It um. We just came out of an election. I'm not going to get super political, but yeah. it was very moving, and I felt like it had some relevance uh, to now. It is a long watch. It is a slow burn, as all Terrence Malick stuff is. I'm just giving yeah. people – few people have seen The Tree of Life. It's yeah, I don't like go out of my way but, um, to do Terrence Malick ever, but yeah. Yeah, li- and listen, man. There, yeah. I mean, these are films that are – you know, if you like the surreal, if you like to kind of just sort of let something wash over you. Sure have maybe a 10 minute scene of, of chopping weeds, you know what I mean? <laughs> and beautiful shots. Right. But, oh, do I ever, but, <laughs> but like, well, what I mean is like, if you want a reflection of reality over entertainment, right. If you want to go that mm-hmm. direction mm-hmm. rather than entertainment and you want something that is mm-hmm. definitely striving for something profound. However, you know, it takes effort on the other end too. And I'm right. not, I'm not a giant Malik fan either. I think I'm more of a fan of, what he is or or that he's around than I am of his actual films. Kind of like David Lynch where I'm like, I'm glad that guy exists. And there's, you know, that person is, sure, you know, yeah. exists in, in film, but, it, but it's not necessarily my speed. Um, yeah, that's, totally. that's all the ones I kind of wanted to mention in terms of what I've seen since last that's time. That's pretty good. I dig that you, uh, you had some horror there that you were finishing up with because I, I definitely have some that are kind of spill over from our uh, Halloween episode. Um, right Laurie was telling me about this uh, uh, this uh, movie called Hush. Have you watched Hush on Netflix? I haven't. I've seen the. Uh, it's a Netflix thumbnail, but yeah. horror movie, you know, um, and it's very good. It's a super small movie. It's about a woman in a house, but she's deaf, and so it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a slasher movie. It's a it's a home invasion movie, right? But right. she's deaf, and it's incredibly well done it, there's nothing hokey or gimmicky about it it's just very on the level um right, right. and uh and i really really dug it um uh i watched birth of the living dead the documentary about yeah. the living dead and uh i hear you man you were saying it's one of your favorite you know movies about making movies and it just is so it's such a simple documentary from people yep. that clearly love the content so much um even though they may not be you know uh, you know, <laughs> the best documentarians ever. It's right, purely right. just about getting the information and the and the uh, the environment across. Like it, it, right. it just from an informational standpoint, it's fascinating and incredible. I mean, obviously George Romero is really what makes it. There's a lot of great interviews yeah. in it, and there's yeah. a lot of great content. They definitely they definitely are not lacking in good content, but. George Romero sitting there and being who he is, and I I can't say that I've seen a whole lot of interviews with him. It's just fuck. He's just he's he's perfect. He's just he's exactly yeah. who you want uh, a filmmaker to be. It's like it's like if it was 1985 or 1990, and The Simpsons was doing a, a, a an episode about people making movies, George yeah. Romero would yeah. be the director. You know, it's like, right. it's, he's like a cartoon. He doesn't even, 
you know, he's so um, not stereotypical, not not a bad thing. You know, he's just so quintessential, um, just a director who wants to make good movies, you know, and and have fun and, and be good, you know. Yeah, um, totally. So agree. absolutely totally love agree. that. And then um, so uh, I don't know if our listeners are aware or you guys – I know I sent you a, a text picture, but Synespia has kind of – started back up doing these drive-in screenings at they're calling it at the Greek theater even though it's not at the Greek it's in one of the park areas near uh-huh. where the Greek is uh-huh. and it's so bizarre because we got there Lori got tickets it sold out very very quick and we got there very early and so we were in a good position because you're in you know drive-in so you want to get a good spot yeah and um you're driving your car onto the grass of a park. It is so like part of Griffith Park, which is just like a grassy area that they maintain. And it's just like, oh, yeah, we'll bring in these few hundred cars on the grass. It's so bizarre. <laughs> sure. I, yeah. I don't know how they got away with this. But Synespia, you know, to their credit, there have been so many different drive-in movies in L.A. Uh, and different pop-ups and things happening. Synespia, yeah. we've all, we've known for a long time, is kind of the – the top tier of such a thing. You know, they put right, on these right, events right. every summer and they are a really, really classic and highly, you know, c- kind of curated experience. Um, and it sounds like Amazon Studios bought, so maybe didn't buy them, but is fully funding Senespia now or something like that. Yeah, um, something like that. And so the point is we went and we saw Poltergeist. I had never seen Poltergeist. I was only vaguely aware that Spielberg had something to do with it. But what my takeaway is, firstly, I loved it. It's a movie that I didn't know what it was about. And if you uh-huh. had told me, like before this ha- Halloween, if you had told me, okay, what are some some Halloween movies? Um, you know, I would have probably said, well, a couple of the ones that I haven't seen are The Exorcist, which I ended up seeing, right. and Poltergeist, right. which I ended up seeing. And even though they're very different, I know that now, I wouldn't have – known how to separate them genre-wise in my head beforehand, I would have thought, if you had asked me, I would have told you that I thought Poltergeist was a very um, kind of uh, artistic and, uh, you know, aggressively artistic, you know, Uh horror uh film. And it's not. It's a Steven Spielberg movie, even though he didn't direct it. And it's one of – it. this is an exaggeration, but it is truly – a Steven Spielberg movie that I've never seen. So I put it in my head in the category of like, okay, what if you had never seen Jurassic Park? And then you see it. It would <laughs> yeah. be shocking to yeah. you. And so by the end of Poltergeist, I was like, this is so awesome that I hadn't seen this. It just hit me in such a significant way because there's so much awesome 80s Spielberg in it. Yeah, The, the vibe yeah. that we talk about from being like, they're, you know, Spielberg post 90s is just yeah. not Spielberg really anymore. Right, right. Um, and this is 80s Spielberg. And I, I don't know if it gets enough credit for that. Such a great time and he was um, so great. I, I agree with you. perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. I love it. And isn't it. it like finding that, like you just said, you didn't know this was out there I and didn't. finding that and getting that feeling like oh. that kind of lightning bolt when you, when you really love movies yes. and these are movies yes. you love, like it is so, such a great thing to discover one. Oh, that God, was yeah. when you thought you got to the end of it and you're like, well, I've seen all those. There's other cool stuff, <laughs> yeah. but I, unfortunately I'll never experience one of those for the first yeah, exactly. time. Um, that, so that's really, really cool. Truly, I, it was, it was for awesome. You. It was and awesome. And what's really cool about you also bringing that up is I didn't watch it. I, I was at work just as working from home. So I wasn't here 
but just for the first time ever, also watched Poltergeist. Mm. And again, really enjoy the same thing. Yeah. I came home and yeah. she was like, dude, I just saw Poltergeist for the first yeah. time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'd never seen it. I was like, you'd never seen it. And, you know, blew my mind. But anyway. Oh, that's um, great. That's great. Yeah. I, I highly Good recommend stuff. it. Uh, and, and, and I, if, uh, if nothing else, I think it might be my new favorite, like Halloween watch. Like ah, just okay. of any okay. movie to watch on Halloween, I think it might be the the it's one. Become your go-to, May, maybe yeah, the main one. That. Um, so to finish up my horror section, we finished up. I'm a part of my Friday movie watching group, right? We finished up yes. our horror yes. section, and we ended with Friday the Thirteenth, which was very <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah. It is what it's it is. Not, it's not a good movie, but it, I know it. It it. Um, Kind of you know is is significant in the genre, but it's it uh, represents a lot of the '80s kind of buckets yeah. of blood. And, I, but there's not as much to it, in my opinion, as like a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, or that's Halloween or the argument that everyone kept making in the group is just like this is kind of the hack hack copy of the rest. It doesn't right. have much to it. Um, also strange in the sense that it's a series that's so well known where the killer that everyone knows yeah, does, is doesn't not there. Show up first one, you know? and, they, and they kind of talk about this. I really dug how, how the how the villain was in the first one and how it sets up the next one. But um, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. the point to all of that is uh, I'm glad I've seen it and I don't really care about it. And I, I really enjoyed it just because I didn't have high expectations. But, right. um, but I acknowledge that it's just kind of a whatever movie. So the opposite at a poltergeist for you. Check that yeah, box exactly. and move on. Not your, exactly. not in your. And I'll tell you really movies. quick that now our movie group has is moving on to a new category because we voted on it. We had a really heavy voting process again, and we voted on what we're calling private detective movies. Um, oh, oh, and, okay. And it has come down to these six because we're doing the same thing. We're just going to do six weeks, and everybody yeah. in the group votes on one that they've never seen that they want to see. Okay. okay. And uh, for what it's worth, I haven't seen most of these either. But the first week we did Fletch, which is not really a private <laughs> detective. <laughs> kind of. He's a, more he's a reporter, reporter but investigative it, reporter. It, it felt it plays like that, appropriate enough for us. Yeah. Um, next know. week, we're doing a movie called Harper. Have you ever seen Harper? I think it's got Paul of Newman. Of course, yeah. It's got Paul Newman, um, baby. I've never he seen that. He played that character a couple times. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I'm excited for it based on what I've seen so far. Um, the next week, we're doing Ghost in the Shell, the original. Um, okay. The following week, we're doing Zero Effect. Have you ever heard of that? That's the first one you've mentioned that um, I have not it seen. It is starring Bill know. Pullman and Ben Stiller. Oh. And oh, it yeah. is directed by Jake Kazdan. It's his first thing. Really? Uh, so it's nineteen like at eighty nine? No, nineteen ninety. I don't know. Something like it's old. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Or nineteen? Maybe it's early nineties. I forget. But it's it's not very new. Um, and then we're doing Mulholland Drive, and I've never seen that. And then we're doing Maltese Falcon to end. So I was gonna say, <clears> if you're not doing Maltese Falcon, yeah, it's interesting um, though. That yeah. those are all obviously. There's only one I haven't heard of, and the others I think are pretty yeah. appropriate. But um. Did, what I'm just curious was Chinatown dropped into the yeah mix? Uh, maybe off the pod I'll show you the list that we had because okay. we <laughs> we had we've had right. probably 50 movies on a list and essentially the goal was we wanted things to be uh, things we hadn't seen before and we didn't necessarily you know I I am of the mind that when you watch things with a group like this for fun then it should be a fun movie to some extent. And okay, that's not fair. that all yeah. of these are, but there is a reason we watched we put Fletch in there and Zero Effect right, is a right. comedy. Yeah, I picked course. Zero Effect, by the way, and 
and I'm excited to watch that. I've never seen it. And, you know, so it's it's more about just the group right. setting right, right. Uh, of it all. But anyway. Well, Chinatown that, definitely is not that. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, that's kind of what we said. Just yeah. want to go um, to sleep. Yeah. Let me round out the uh, uh, the movie watching section with a couple that I watched that are new. Um, I watched On the Rocks, which is the Apple TV movie with yeah. Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys watch it? Haven't seen it, but just heard it was kind of just uh, it, okay. It's it's a totally sweet to the point, competent movie. Uh, very nice to watch. There's no you know there's no reason not to watch it. It's a it's a cool. nice good good movie. Nothing profound, um, but Bill Murray is just wonderful, and he's yeah yeah he's, that's kind of the vibe. He's I'm doing mm-hmm. a really this is an example of him in my mind in his old age, not phoning it in. Like he is really putting as much of his heart into this as he possibly can. And anything that we've seen him in in the last, like, I think 15 to 20 years, he's sort of just there. He's always funny. But are we really expecting him to have a strong kind of dramatic core to his character? Is he really digging in? Is he really giving 100%? And I I would say this as much as anything. He's he's really wonderful. Um, I think for Sofia Coppola, he always will. And I also think Sofia Coppola wants to get him – Oscars. Do you know what I mean? Like I think when she like brings – because she mm-hmm. talked about him as her muse, you know, back mm-hmm. when they did Lost in Translation and all these things. Right. So, um, But he's an incredible talent. So if he's if he's fully engaged, then I, I think then it's worth it. watching. Yeah. And the last one I want to say is one I saw in the theater and it's an honest to God new movie in the theater that um, we went to see last weekend uh, called Let Him Go, which we've talked about. It is the oh, Kevin yeah. Costner, Diane Lane movie. Um, I'm already on board. Same and so we saw it opening. Well, we saw it the Saturday after it opened in Orange County. And uh, that, hap- that happened to be the day Biden uh, got announced um, last right. Saturday. So that was – it was a nice day. Uh, that was – it also rained in LA. Like it hasn't rained in like a year. And then Biden <laughs> There's a lot of interesting things happening. And, <laughs> and you guys went to a movie? Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, we went to a movie. Um, but, <laughs> like uh, at the movies? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was really good. It's a very somber – and like kind of slow moving, mm. beautiful tale of these grandparents. Um, and they're just trying to keep, you know, their family together and, and make sure they're safe and everything. And it's all takes place in the 60s. So it's really kind of okay, just right simple, yeah. you know, and um, kind of slow moving. But a really excellent, excellent script. Fantastic casting. There's there's this huge supporting cast. Um, you know, it's based on a novel, and it feels like feels like a book. You know, right, um, but right. uh, highly recommend. Let him go. Really, really loved it. Okay. Um, and uh, that's it for the movies uh, for now. Well, uh, well, yeah. I'll just put a little pin on it. Uh, I, I yep. didn't mention Jess and I also we we revisited Scream, the original Scream, oh, cool. which was yeah, a lot sure. of fun right sure. before Halloween, and made me so nostalgic for blockbuster. Yeah. Uh, and then we watched uh, right after. Uh, Sean Connery passed away. We watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Nice. Just yeah. popped one in, you know, kind of for nostalgia. So That's those good. were a lot of fun too. You, um, you got a TV, in. a little TV to cover here? Yeah. Um, let me just start by saying that, of course, most of America watched lots of news in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh and God. so we can't discount the amount of time I spent on CNN or wherever. Um, and I have a, uh, I have a quick clip that we don't need to talk about, but I, I think it's a really funny clip. Uh, that okay. it, it kind of sums up a lot of what's going on here. Uh, okay. And here we go. Your Honor, I object! And why is that, Mr. Reed? Because it's devastating to my case! Overruled. Good call! Anyways, that essentially sums it all oh, up. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, and also, by the way, you, you pulling that clip up uh, reminded me that um, 
when I came home and just said, you know, I watched Poltergeist, the first thing that yeah. I said was, I have exercise the demons. demons. And, this and really he talked clear. about exactly. <laughs> Which and I how, had never, kid, I've been saying that since I was a yeah, kid and I didn't all know. All of us have. Meant. That was my point. All of us quoted that. It yes. became its own thing. We were, even though we had no idea what the reference from Ace was. Ventura. <laughs> Fantastic. So good. Yeah. yeah thank Remember you when he came up with that me. line? Yeah, yep. exactly. That is, uh, I, anyway, I think I but, always knew in the back of my head that that was definitely from something, but it didn't register right. at all. So, right. For um, sure. <laughs> anyways, there is, I would say, this two weeks of television, uh, or since we recorded last, is one of the best in a very long time. And I'm just going to plow through a few things that. I watched I watched all of Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Heard that was incredible. Highly recommend. It is an outstanding period show about a young chess prodigy. Um, and I don't know anything about chess. <laughs> I don't care anything about chess. I'm not a chess yeah. person. Um, and I was absolutely glued to the TV every episode. Right um, my mom texted me about it before I watched it, and she was just like, it's the best thing I've seen in so long. And it, it really <laughs> truly is. It's just Yeah, I've heard some really great things, so I'm excited um, to watch that one. I think it, it – and it's a limited series. You know, it's Netflix, but it's a limited series. I think it will end up being, um, you know, big at the Emmys. Uh, next year, um, we have uh, a new show on HBO called The Undoing, which is um, from David E. Kelly and that group. Um, and right. essentially it is, if we want to be really reductive, um, it is uh, <laughs> Big Little Lies in New York. <laughs> it is a drama. <laughs> it okay. is a soapy drama about, uh, you know, high class folk in Manhattan and right, the right. drama that goes on in their lives. So, but it's starred Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant, and it is yeah, uh, quite yeah, good. I really, really enjoy it. Um, we've got The Mandalorian season two. Been plowing through. Oh, so good. No one can ever question <laughs> my love of Star Wars again. <laughs> yeah. No one. <laughs> The fact that we have once again combined spiders and space, and oh, I'm still I, fully I, on board. I, fully on board. I, uh, I, 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 when I was watching that episode, I so badly wanted to like warn you or say something, but I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't. And oh, I, I turned to just it on your own. immediately when the first little leg came out. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, spiders, space oh, spiders. And I also right. knew when little baby Yoda was walking through, I was yeah. like, well, this is like alien here. These things are bad. Right. These, these, are, right. these are not good eggs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but it's so I'm still funny. I'm still in love with that show. I the whole it. setup, like you said, is like Alien, and and they're not doing anything new, but it's just good. It's just good. It's just, it just proves that when there's a good idea, and then you execute it well, yeah, it doesn't really matter if you've seen it before. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. I, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna reblend it up a little bit. You're gonna remix it somewhat. Yeah, I mean, of course, it doesn't need yeah. to be the exact same thing, but we're sort of on board for those things. We're I mean, board, there are certain yeah. elements that work in storytelling, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I watched a show called Moonbase 8, which uh, is just a short series. I think it's like six six episodes on Showtime. And it's okay. a, an A24 series. A24 has a pretty good track record. Um, and it's a, so it's a Showtime show produced by A24 starring um, – you got your – uh, John C. Riley, you got your uh, Fred Armisen, and you got your Tim Heidecker. Um, but it's from the guy that created and directed Baskets and Portlandia. So it's a very, right. very dry comedy, very earnest, good-natured, dry comedy. Um, and so it's not that you know laugh a minute kind of thing, um, but right, uh, right. but enjoyable. I would say yes, worth watching. Um, okay, and all the episodes are up now. 
Um, I got a couple more to mention. Uh, there's a new show on HBO called Industry um, that is about London-based investment bankers, which is about as boring as it sounds. <laughs> I watched the first episode, <laughs> okay. and I think I might, that one. I might give it one more episode, but I would strongly suggest if that doesn't scream interesting to you, yeah. Um, yeah, it yeah. might might not be worth it. Um, there is a new show on FX called A Teacher. And it is starring Heard Kate about that Mara one. about uh, the uh, affair concept of yeah, an affair between a, a student and a teacher and the teacher grooming this uh, student sexually. Um, and uh, it's shocking and interesting and uh, actually very enjoyable because it's very well cast and directed and written and all oh, those really things. It's really sexy. And then, no, I'm yeah, just kidding. And then, Please, and don't, then, don't send us hate mail. No, no. And then when it gets to those moments, you're just like, holy shit, this is so fucked up. So right. it, And that's the whole point. You know what I mean? It's, it's supposed to be very fucked up. And then um, – uh, last but not least, there is a new show that I did not finish the first episode of, but I figured you might be interested in called The Good Lord Bird, which is a weird name. Okay. It's on okay. Showtime and it's starring Ethan Hawke. It is Ooh. currently at I'm in. Say no more. <laughs> it is currently at a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa. And it is a western with Ethan Hawke as a highly, highly, highly religious um free the slaves kind of guy. Bro. Don't tease me. No, I know. <laughs> no, don't and, tease me. Um, and it, so it's like a big budget western about uh, and and it, it uh, and I think the AV Club. Um, I think their quote is probably misquoting, but I think they called Ethan Hawke delightfully unhinged. And from what oh, I've seen so far, that's so accurate. So, um, so I'm, I'm excited. Very to, jazzed. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited to get into that. So the good Lord Bird. Um, and that's it for my television. What do you got? Awesome. Uh, not, not as much as you, but, um, uh, we plowed through, uh, we, we have also been doing, uh, Mandalorian. Cool. Yeah. Um, we have also been doing, uh, Star Trek discovery. Oh, sure. Um, which Jess has kind of been watching over my shoulder a little bit and spurt. Mm -hmm. She's not like, she hadn't been on board the whole time. And she keeps saying over and over in my ear, this is not Star Trek, which I actually is kind of enjoyable to hear that she's kidding. That's not Star Trek. Um, so there are a lot of thoughts on that. We've talked about that a lot. We'll talk about that more in the future, but the series we watched that we, um, both really enjoyed. There's a documentary, uh, series, five episodes on Showtime called the comedy store. Oh, yeah. Did you watch them? I watched all of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just kind of consumed them. Um, So good, And and the same thing. In the same way that Birth of the Living Dead is, it's just Uh like you put those people who I want to hear from about the subject on screen. (laughs) I don't give a shit what else you do. Like it's fantastic. It's magnificent. So we loved it. Um, Really, we just kept – it's like we're going to watch one and then we watch two, right? We're going to, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to watch this one more before bed or oh, we're watching three, you know? Um, <laughs> so that's kind of how it was. I mean, I would go back and revisit it, honestly. Yes. It was just uh, very enjoyable, very cool. I mean, such a cool setting with such incredible history and so many fucking legends, man. And like yeah. just hearing them talk about each other and themselves. And, and I'll tell you what, I mean, spoiler alert if anybody's going to watch this, but one particular part where I just died, where, um, which is it? Was it Marlon Wayne's that was being? Yeah, it was, was Damon. Being, Damon was Damon Wayne's. Damon. Yeah, isn't that? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's the older no, one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't talking about Maybe how you know, I came came to L.A. and I didn't know anything. I just knew I I had to be there, man. I'm standing in the 
on the street and, on the, and here comes Richard Pryor. He's got yes. Pam Greer on his arm and he's in his tux <laughs> and he just looks, I mean, have you ever seen somebody who's just like, they're glowing. There's yes. like an aura around him. He's signing posters and I'm just standing there like an idiot, just smiling. Staring at him. He's staring at him and staring at him. I just can't stop. And he finally he just looks up at me. He says, what motherfucker? What? <laughs> And I, I know, feel like I, I know it I really happened, and yes. that's how it would really happen. And the setup to be such this magnificent, where he like he came over and shook my hand, but it ended up being that in yeah. such a prior voice. Really, is perfect. maybe my favorite story of all time. What, that they told what? in that documentary. It oh was my god, it was perfect. so good, so good. But yeah, check it out if you've There's got so Showtime. Definitely worth checking out. Seriously, yes, great. Um, that's very good. I I uh, I dug that documentary series so much. Um, and uh, and I think that's probably it for TV. Um, maybe let's talk about some news. And uh, you know, news. we've we've talked a bit about Sean Connery, but here's our chance to kind of finish talking about him. We're gonna I, talk more. Yeah, he he. Um, uh, I, I just I found this in the news after he died. It, you know, it was in someone's article or whatever about how um, before Roger Moore died, um, <laughs> someone tweeted at Roger Moore because Roger Moore, even how old he was, he was pretty active on Twitter. Um, And someone tweeted at him and said, how about a shout out from the best Bond ever? And Roger Moore wrote back, I don't think Sean is on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought that was a really wonderful uh, thing to, uh, you know, kind of say that sums up uh, that, you know, their relationship and everything. That's a tribute to both Um, of them really. And so, uh, so without any, uh, you know, uh, back padding, um, I basically told Patrick, I said, hey, you know, we want to pay tribute to Sean Connery and maybe we'll play a clip of his. And then that went from, oh, well, maybe let's put a few clips together. Oh, OK. Well, maybe let's make Too a whole video. <laughs> and so um, even though this is a podcast, I have a video here of some of our favorite clips. Uh, Patrick basically directed me and it's a, it's a wonderful <laughs> – because I, I'm, I'm so terrible with stuff like this. This would have taken me years to figure out what makes sense. So um, it's a compilation of clips of Connery throughout some of the years. Uh, definitely not comprehensive but some some good clips, some of the best. And, uh, and I'm going to do my best to make a con- condensed version of this for Instagram later so you can actually watch it. Um, but, uh, but without any further ado, here is Sean Connery. I admire your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Oh, I was trained by the best. British intelligence. Greetings. I am Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Chief Metallurgist to King Charles V of Spain. And I'm at your service. Captain John Patrick Mason, General Sir, of Her Majesty's SAS. Retired, of course. Who are you? My name is Pussy Galore. I must be dreaming. How did you know she was a Nazi? She talks in sleep. Space. Yes. You ever enter one of those? Writing contest? Yeah. Hmm. Once. A long time ago. Did you win? Well, of course I won. Like money or something? The Pulitzer. 
I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. There's a peace that's only to be found on the other side of war. If that battle must come, I will fight it. Those people are trying to kill us! I know, Dad! It's a new experience for me. It happens to me all the time. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Here endeth the lesson. And the sea will grant each man new hope. As sleep brings dreams. At home. Why does the sun come up? Hmm? Or are the stars just pinholes in the curtain of night? Yep, Sean Connery, 90 years old. He had a good run and he was wonderful. It just... There's just so many. It's good that we're doing this podcast, <laughs> so Jess okay. doesn't have to listen to me talk right. endlessly. You and, I, I, and you know, I apologize <laughs> to all of our listeners, but I every time I watch like all of these clips, I'm yeah. just like, there are just so many mm-hmm. fucking characters and movies yeah. that this guy left like behind. Yeah. I mean, the legacy is insane to me. I, I just there there's just so many that are so good. And so well known, and you you have to watch uh, the Untouchables because every time yeah. I see those clips, that's where the hero and the lesson line comes from. That was his Oscar win yeah. for best supporting um, in '88, I think it was, uh, and and it's a really really great film. But also, um, you know, they ran through obviously several Bond films. And has anybody ever had a greater introduction? I mean, forget about just the character, everything else ever than that introduction <laughs> no, of Bond, James no. Bond with the cigarette dangling from the lips. I'm sorry. Perfect. I'm not promoting smoking. I'm they just didn't saying, even know what they, you know, had or were doing. I mean, you know, no that was, idea. it was just a simple, okay, he's got to say his name thing. You know, I mean, it, it, it was somewhat iconic because it was already on the page and all these books, yeah. but it, yeah. but it still, uh, they had no idea. It was by far the most iconic introduction to a character ever. When bringing up the Bond theme behind him for the first time. Exactly. When he's yeah. delivering that line. Yeah. I mean, talk about just stumbling into magnificence. And yeah. and you watch, you know, you watch like what started all these watch parties that we just talked about where you finished yeah. the horror ones and now you're doing the private detective was you, you guys going through all the Bonds. Because it was it, important it really to us. is. It's a yeah. quarter century worth of movies. It was and important. I yeah. have done that with our friend Stevie. I have just recently finished that with yeah. my girlfriend who had never seen all the Bond films. And it it, it it takes a lot of effort to get through that many films and yes. from that many different eras and older movies. But it's just there there as a whole, it's just such a unique uh and just awesome uh series and character and Obviously, Connery is the the biggest, uh, I guess, piece of that. I think yeah. of anybody. So, well, you know, you you directed me on on all these clips, and uh, you know, I've seen some of these, uh, but uh, I've never seen Dragonheart. I've never seen uh, First Night. I've never seen Highlander. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I've never seen Untouchables. The Untouchables is the one out of that group where, I, in my head, I know that it's a, a very important and 
specific and uh, wonderful movie that is just missing in my in my head. So that's yeah. the one that I probably will go back and watch. Uh, very if soon. I could, if I obviously that is the one I recommend the highest. Probably not Dragon most highly. <laughs> yeah, I would say skip Dragonheart. You, you um, know how I feel about medieval shit, right? Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and listen, CG dragons. I, look, I love First Night. That will always sure. be a, a movie that I love. Right. I'm not recommending that to you. Okay, so Dragonheart is another level. But nice. I will say Untouchables, and there's another one we did not have a clip in thereof but um because i don't know that there's one clip that kind of works but as a whole as a film uh, i mentioned this to you off pod uh sean connery and michael kane are um and christopher Plummer plays a small role are in a movie called the once and future king mm-hmm. if i could recommend two movies from connery that i know you haven't seen those would be the ones i think those, right. those are the two best films of connery to me that you have not seen right. um and i would say definitely definitely check those out they're they're both just incredible uh movies and he's nice. so good uh in both of them so well that's uh that's wonderful and uh we'll, we'll try to put up a connery tribute on our on our instagram um also we had uh, alex trebek pass away um you know it that's that's very tough you know it it was a an inevitable thing he uh c- continued to film episodes up till two weeks ago i've heard uh what a what an absolute legend yeah. And yeah. Uh, just very sad. You know, he was 80. He wasn't young, but he uh, he probably still had some life in him. Uh, it's just unfortunate. Cancer sucks. Yeah, so, it really um, does. And, uh, you know, this is a person who from 84 to now was just kind of in everyone's living room, you know. And yeah. w- w- um, I wouldn't even know where to tell people to find this, uh, unfortunately. But w- we just happened to catch it because, you know, we were on TV so much this month and this last yep. couple of weeks for the election stuff. We just happened to catch a nightly news segment where they had some interviews with him. And, man, he was just so gracious um, and knew he was going out, right? Mm-hmm. And the way he carried himself, I mean, I, I just hope I can have that kind of dignity. And, yep. and I mean, it feels like nobility. Uh, you know what I mean? On the way out, like facing that, because he really demonstrated how you go out with j- just grace and gratitude. I it, mean, it, it's it's shocking. And, and we have such a stark contrast now in America. But the only people I can think of that even come close are ex-U.S. presidents, not Trump. But everyone else, (laughs) no, I mean, I'm serious. Different now. Uh, No, I'm, I'm you know, uh, uh, you know, hearing hearing Obama speak about anything, or hearing, um, you know, even Jimmy Carter. You know, some of these presidents have have such a significant uh, legacy to leave um, in 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 history, and you have Alex Trebek who has a significant television, you know, legacy that he's leaving behind. I, I'm not trying to, to to downplay this at all, but he's also a game show host, and and yep. so I guess what I'm yep. saying is he has no business being that iconic and that important and that wonderful and and like you said, just purely like regal and just that's what's wonderful. so impressive about it. Yeah, uh, and then that's the whole point is that <laughs> yeah. he just he rose above everyone else in his category right up until the last day. And uh, how do you replace him? We talked about this when we worked at Sony. You know, yeah. we, we, people would ask us on tours all the time because we would go into what Jeopardy and we would Alex hang out in the audience and we would sit with. That was probably my favorite part of giving the tour. Was it was definitely because fu- you, you, you do a two hour tour and an hour and a half of it is walking. 
And uh, the hour, first hour and 15 minutes of it, you're walking and you're doing stuff. And then you get to Jeopardy and you mm-hmm. sit down and everyone yeah. sits down. In and, the audience and, where the show is, looking at the set. And and that was always my thing was I would look at everybody and I would do a really, really long, awkward pause <laughs> just staring at my group. Um, and, and eventually people would start laughing and stuff because I was just not saying anything. <laughs> and it was uh, it was my favorite part because there's something and, – and that was on purpose because there was something so comforting about being in Jeopardy even though the lights weren't on and Alex wasn't mm-hmm. there. But it mm-hmm. was just – everyone's comforted by this. This is yeah. the most universal, is food nonpartisan, yeah. beautiful like franchise ever, and uh, and he just kind of embodied that. The energy in there was just so good, and I, that's the point. And it was and, about knowledge and learning things. And yes, and you know, yes. I agree with you completely. We we worked on a movie lot. We've talked about Jeopardy in the past and Trebek, but we worked on a movie lot, and people would come to see the Breaking Bad van or the Spider Man yeah. sets or whatever. They would come for movies. And ultimately, they would always leave. And sometimes we had cool shit to show them yeah. on you know, movie stuff. And a lot of times we didn't because that's right. how a working studio is. But the thing that I felt like always had the best and biggest impact on every group that came in, mm-hmm. aside from the few shooting days, because you know they shoot so many, they're open most days, yeah. was when we went to Jeopardy. I mean, you would have people that would come in. They didn't have to be huge fans of game shows. They might have come there, like we said, for movies. But they would ultimately take something from that and you would see like people were just having a better time in that stage. I mean part of yes. it, yes, you're there, you're looking at the set. They they built us a great little Hall of Fame section, little museum yeah, on the way in towards the end, which obviously people loved standing there and seeing you know the different sections and Alex would come on a video and talk to you and stuff like that. But the, my favorite part was just to realize the extent at which Jeopardy had – sort of fused into our popular culture, at least for American culture, Mm -hmm. uh, was that TV screen at the end of the hallway. I know you'll remember it where it just ran a loop of like maybe three, four minutes of movies and TV shows that all reference Jeopardy. Yeah. Either somebody Every was on Jeopardy. Every pop culture reference to Jeopardy. Ever. I mean, movies you love that you don't think, oh, that reference is Jeopardy. Yeah. But even yeah. by a second degree, that's yes. going back to Jeopardy because you yep. love that movie that talks about Jeopardy in a scene. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of incredible to think about. And I will also say the worst stretch I ever had working that job. I worked at Sony doing tours for maybe seven years. Um, the worst stretch we ever had was the summer that they tore down the set and were building oh, their God. new set and not yeah. having that stop. And yeah. I didn't realize how important that was to people and how much that livened people up and made yep. them happy until I did not have that for a stretch of tours. And I never yeah. took it for granted again uh, after that, but I- incredible legacy. And um, by all accounts, just kind of an incredible human being. And one last thing, you would also have tour members who would come in again, maybe not even the biggest fan of jeopardy, but like you just said, you don't know where to go now from here, right? Without Trebek, he's that iconic. And Every year between seasons, we would have somebody on that tour who would say, I heard Alex is not coming back. You know, we yeah, could yeah. be completely unfounded. What are they going to yeah. do when he doesn't come back? It was always a point. It wasn't just the show. They would ask about Alex and like, oh, he's yes. coming back, right? Because if he doesn't, I mean, what's going to happen? What are we going to so, do? We'll obviously, we wish Jeopardy and we knew some of the people that worked on the show. Everybody yeah. the best, and I'm sure they'll figure it out. But it, but you, it does leave a giant hole when you've got somebody who achieves this much. Uh, and his last episode that he filmed will air on Christmas Day um, oh, wow. this year. So I think that's kind of appropriate and cool. And hopefully yeah. people will be able to be with their families and you know check it out, do something Watch with it. your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, it's that's thing. that's very good. I mean, uh, you know, it's not worth uh, kind of um, uh, what's the word uh, <laughs> guessing, but it, um, speculating. But uh, you know, the the common 
uh, thought right now is that Ken Jennings might take over for him, which oh, wow. would be very appropriate. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then the I think the public at large is really pushing for LeVar Burton. LeVar is not young. LeVar is a little older than Ken Jennings, I would say, yeah. probably by 10 years at least. But um, – but e- either of them would be wonderful. Yeah. It just I wouldn't it, be mad at either of those choices. No, no, of course not. Of course not. I think those are both smart choices. I, I don't know that either of them will end up being it, but um, let's hope that yeah, someone can can pick up with as much uh, like you said dignity and, and kind of grace and everything. Um, all right, I'm gonna rattle off a few fun, uh, well, sort of fun um, news things. Um, did you get into Ted Lasso yet? No, I promise you I will. You are I know now you there's about 10 people who have told me to, but I just it's it hasn't yeah. I haven't gotten to it yet. Sure, sure. Well, Ted Lasso when the first season started, Apple renewed it for a second season. And the first season only ended, you know, weeks ago, not that long right, ago, right. and they've already renewed it for now a third season. <laughs> so, um that's just a testament wow. to how beloved it is and how Apple is going to throw lots of money at it. Yeah. Um, I yeah. just I love it. It's one of the best best TV shows around. Um, Johnny Depp is going to be recast in the third Fantastic Beasts. I don't know if you caught caught that story, but wait a second. I thought they been, fired him from. Well, they oh, they oh just I'm sorry. Did. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. When you said recast, I'm yeah. an idiot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're removing him. <laughs> they're recasting they the him. character. Yes. I was like, wow, they're bringing him back. <laughs> so okay. Um. Yeah, his character uh is being recast, and it's you know. I didn't see the second Fantastic Beasts, I don't think. They're kind of weird to me, Meh. movies. I'm not into yeah. them. Um, and uh, and it's just also weird because this all hinges on some weird legal libel suit yeah. in the UK. Tabloids. And yeah. he's on the right side of it. He's been fired, Yeah, you know, uh, un, in my mind, unjustly. I don't know the whole story, but it's just so stupid. I don't from know what I've read, yeah, similar thing. Well, there's a lot of people reaching out now who want Amber Heard to be fired from Aquaman. Aquaman, too, yeah, Which yeah, I yeah. find funny. It is funny to me that now the masses in this kind of cancel culture, uh, yeah. <laughs> granted, yeah. they're all kind of leaning, it seems like, towards the Johnny Depp side. But yeah, right. it's, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, everything's spinning so fast and into a new era and – I'm obviously for progress. I know you are too, but then I think there are also times where we get so ahead of ourselves and, you know, sometimes cooler heads just prevail to just kind of take a minute, uh, assess the situation. But who knows? I'm sure Johnny would be fine just drinking wine on on his island somewhere. He seems like he does not really care (laughs) if he doesn't make any more films. Uh, So we'll see. Um, There are some rumblings that Jon Stewart is going to come back for a, uh, news series called Current Affairs on Apple oh. um, that they've made a deal and I'm sure they're going to pay him a billion dollars or whatever <laughs> number. Um, but uh, that is, uh, I feel like good news because they're, and you know, we we tow this line so often of let's not keep rebooting stuff, let's do new stuff. Jon Stewart had his you know daily show run, but you can't argue with the fact that um, Jon Stewart's Daily Show was an extremely comforting and extremely hard-hitting take on the news, even though it was all based in comedy. But 
Um, I think ever since it's been gone, people have, have, have tried to replace it. We've seen every network try to do something. Obviously, you have Trevor Noah, who I like Trevor Noah, but he's Me not too. John Stewart. He's yeah, not close. And then you have so many other shows on other networks between all the Vice stuff and you know uh, the different versions of Vice and Axiom and all this other shit. And um, it just – nothing has come close to John Stewart's voice and it's all about him. It's It's not about – you know, it's about him and his team, and um, and I, I would I would love to see something with him really, you know, go, you know, <laughs> out there. Yeah, right on. Um, right on. And then uh, the last fun thing I have is Paul Thomas Anderson's got a new movie that he's filming around L.A. I don't know if you saw any pictures of Ooh. the filming, but I'm gonna. No. Uh, this is uh, perfect for radio. Uh, I'm gonna show you the picture on screen share here really quick. Um, <laughs> okay. It's uh, it's cool because it's a period film of some kind. They're filming around the valley and all over L.A. And um, and I want to show you this picture because it's a uh, early '70s era movie cinema marquee that um, da, 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 here it is uh, has check it out um, live and let die on it. Um, how do you see that? Yeah, that's so cool. How cool, I'm, right? Um, this is the kind of this is yeah. why I loved Once Upon yeah. a Time in Hollywood so much. Yeah. <laughs> like I love the movie anyway, but you know what I mean? Just like take me to a movie that celebrates movies. Uh, yes. yes, yes, I'm in. That's uh, very exciting. That's great. One of Live and Let Die and Charles Bronson in the Mechanic. <laughs> it's uh, all on <laughs> Which, this marquee. Another one. I don't know if you've ever seen the me- Mechanic, but um, no, not the remake with Jason Statham, but right. uh, another Hitman movie from the seventies. Right. So. Um, so that's, uh, that's pretty much all I have for, uh, news. Um, and I, uh, without, uh, spending too much time on like upcoming movies and trailers, um, I, uh, basically just want to say a blanket statement that I have done a terrible job of keeping up with upcoming movies and like I've mm. watched a few myself, but I haven't really kept up with what's coming out and what dates and all that kind of shit. And I don't really plan on it anytime soon because movie theaters are closed. But yeah, it's such a weird time. What I want to acknowledge is that right now we're mid-November. This would be peak, 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 peak Oscar movie season. And we're not getting mm-hmm. that. But it doesn't mean these movies are not still coming out. The movies are coming out in theaters because remember, we're in a little bubble of a city. Most of the country and world movie theaters are open. And so we're not getting maybe the discussion about movies because most of the people that would care about Oscar movies um, and seeing them all and critiquing them, people like us, are um, not able to go see them very easily. Uh, so uh, basically what I'm saying is go on uh, you know, Fandango or Rotten Tomatoes or whatever upcoming and keep an eye out for these indie movies or these smaller movies that you're probably not you know, sure about because uh, there are – like right now if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, there's like a dozen movies that are out right now that I've never heard of that all have like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes or more. And I'm like, OK, well, this is the batch of movies that I would be seeing at the Landmark right now. Right. You know, they wouldn't right. even be playing anywhere else. They would be first run, limited release indies, and so and that'll continue through December. So um, I, I just have to get real aggressive in the next couple of months to uh, to try to see what I can where I can. Um, and uh, and that's it. And listen again, moves. as crappy as this has been, hopefully this is a one run situation we're all in with uh, COVID, mm-hmm. and I know mm-hmm. there's a vaccine on the horizon, and hopefully you know even if we have yeah. to. 
have like a different version of kind of this Oscar season like we did summer movies. Um, I think I can handle all of this as long as we don't end up losing two. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> our lives right. are only so long, right? right? And for things right. you love right. and you enjoy and you want to go out year, and experience. A year is a long time. So yeah. we're already losing a year uh, of of a lot. And for me, it's an entire year of work really also. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a I, devastating right, right. blow in many ways. But um, – uh, but now I want to move on to Rotten Tomatoes scores, and okay. I don't know if you can guess what the topic is. I mean, I feel like we're doing Connery. We, yeah. We've done yeah. Bond, but I feel like yeah. we're doing Connery. <laughs> we are doing Connery. Here, and so. I looked back at the Bond list we did, and I didn't do hardly any. I don't know that I did a single oh. Connery on that list. Um, oh, right on. So it's perfect, and I didn't do I didn't do a lot on this one either. But I, I did a little mixture, and we had already done a few Connery Rotten Tomatoes scores, so I omitted them, and it's just kind of a weird mixture. Okay, um, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm very excited. Here's a really weird one that when this came out, I watched it like a hundred times, and in my excuse me, in my brain, it was a good movie. Um, the Avengers, 1998. <laughs> I also watched it a few times. It was not a good movie. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I think the Avengers has a critic score of 37 and an audience score of 48. Wow. You're so generous. Five and 15. (laughs) (laughs) I saw saw that number. I was like, oh, my God. You know what I remember? I remember my mom being so I can never watch this again. She loved the Avengers show, which sure. now yeah, what's yeah. funny is now you say the Avengers, no one's even going to have any idea no, of, of course. anything other than Marvel. But um, but Diana what I Rick. remember from that preview mm-hmm. was Sean Connery turning and saying, and this is nearly the beginning and like mm-hmm. yelling and doing that power speech and me being sure. like, oh, my God, Connery's going to play the villain in a James Bond style 60s thing. Yep. And it's a little weird that there's giant teddy bears running around yes. in the preview, but hey. <laughs> going to be fine and it was not fine uh it ended up not being okay and i think ray fines was uh yes wasn't he this so like you've got some bond you know that's a that's kind of a bond connection there as well now that he's playing him but anyway Um, okay so very low fines uma thurman um it's just uh uh, it's a an uma thurman just at the height of her uh you know whole uh career and and you know everything very tall um kicking ass yeah um so What, what else we got here nice. on, okay, on ne- Tomato Land? Next up, a movie I've never seen, Dragonheart. Oh, okay. So this is another one that I, – I, this is a guilty pleasure for me. I enjoyed this sure, the way sure. you might Highlander it. It's not good. Um, but I will say Dragonheart is critics – I'm going to stay in the same – critics maybe 35, audiences 45. 50 and 60. Oh, okay. A little higher than I thought. A little thought. higher. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Right on. Um, not going to give it another the, shot, but okay. Despite the terrible CG dragon. Connery hated um, – uh, uh, I think he really hated the outcome of that movie, how that ended up uh, from <laughs> sure. what I read. Yeah, he's That's, fair. Like, okay. That's fair. That's uh, fair. Anyway. Um, so of the Bond mo- – of, of Connery's Bond movies, um, I didn't look at all the tomato scores, but I would say that in my head, if I were – if this were reverse and I was guessing, I would say that all of Connery's bonds probably have pretty high numbers relative to every other bond, maybe except for Daniel right. Craig. But right. you know what I mean? Like, I would I think agree. generally all very widely considered very good um, with probably the exception of Diamonds which is so bad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and bad. Thunderball. 
So what do you think Thunderball's numbers are? So Thunderball's low. I would have guessed Thunderball was not uh, super low. Um, oh no! I want I want you to guess. I don't oh, want. Okay, that okay. wasn't You're me. Saying you thought that was me. Lower. If if I were guessing, got it. Got that's it. how I would have approached it. But I want you to give okay. me your your total. Uh, I I would guess Thunderball. Thunderball. I would guess Thunderball. Audiences are going to be critics. Critics first. Sorry, sorry. Critics are going to be seventy six. Audiences. 81. 86 from critics and 73 from audiences. I kind of flopped them. Um, Yeah, but to me, 86 for Thunderball from critics is very high, but I guess it's just a function of the era and the The time period, the underwater stuff. We've never seen it, which again is very dated and it's slow now, but was magical to see on screen back then. Huge deal back then. And also don't underestimate. We talk about like the tropes of these movies and like Mm -hmm. what, what boxes do they check? And that's a big part of bond and what set pieces, all that kind of stuff. Thunderball kind of introduces the plot that we now make fun of. If you can't come up with anything better mm-hmm. than because it's, they stole the nukes. They're holding the world hostage. We've brought yeah. in all the double. And then they did it. And then you go to times. the beach and there's <laughs> yeah sexy chicks in their uh-huh. bikinis and bonds, sexy and awesome. And there's a shark pool because the villains got a pool of fucking sharks. Cause why not? Like I do think that it is a, that's probably the slowest burn to me of all of the Connery ones, even diamonds are forever, which is much worse in a way can be more entertaining. It is but I also think it, yeah. it, it is one that if you made modern, you've already mm-hmm. got the bones, right. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. the great bond, the kind of bond film, in my opinion, the, mm-hmm. you know, blueprint. So anyway, that's very fair. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, another movie I have never seen, uh, very, like, I'm very confused by even what happens in this movie. <laughs> Um, but Highlander, Highlander, (laughs) Highlander is because you realize, wait a second, you realize you told me (laughs) to get a clip from this. And in order to get a clip from me, I download the whole movie and I cut it up and, and skimming (laughs) fast through Highlander is one of the most surreal things I've ever done. It's kind of like cloud Atlas. No one knows where the fuck we are right now. There's a lot of shit going on. It's a cop car in New York. Oh, look, oh. it's a horse. Oh, oh we're in look, France a, in the 1700s. Oh, yeah. oh looks oh, like Braveheart. Okay. Wait a second. What the fuck yeah. am I watching? So uh, this is – Highlander is a movie which I always felt like the mythology built around it was prime for like an incredible series. And mm-hmm. But Highlander is not a good movie and the okay, sequels right. are worse. In fact, uh, The Quickening, okay. the second Highlander movie, which Connery was also in, uh-huh. uh, is so confusing – I don't think the filmmakers ever knew they use so many different versions of the script and no one's really sure exactly. And it sort of undoes the whole idea of the first one. It oh. It's considered like the worst sequel of all time. But um, <laughs> basically Highlander is about this race of immortals who uh, they're drawn together. They have to fight because in the end there can only be one of them. But the only way for them to die is for another one of them to take their head. So you, oh. they're, they're these incredible like face-offs where they mm-hmm. they chop each other but it is so 80s yeah and it, there's a montage you should look for online everyone who's listening um <laughs> and it's the who wants to live forever song uh where basically you know because highlander doesn't age he's with the love of his life and she does age and it's this it is the most 80s mont. it's more 80s montage than like rocky four's 80 mo- 80s montages but it's also like a love montage um and i just also want to say talladega nights maybe the hardest I laughed in that entire movie was when uh, Will Ferrell's character is trying to come off as like, he knows stuff against the French driver played by Sasha Baron Cohen. 
And he said, they're talking, you know, art and films and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I was in, I saw Highlander. And the guy's like, well, what is a Highlander? And he's like, are you kidding me? It, was, it won the Oscar. And he's like, for what? And he says, best movie ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> and uh, it seems appropriate. Anyway, so Highlander, I am going to guess for Highlander that critics gave Highlander a 62 and audiences gave it a 72. 69 and 79. Yeah, it's not too far it's off. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty Feels good. about right. I think in the yeah. 80s people dug it. I think it was something that was hip and cool, and I think it's dated yeah. very poorly. Um, right. And you could do a cool update. But listen, it spawned like 12 sequels and a TV show, so somebody right. liked it. Right. Oh, oh, one more thing. Yeah. One more tribute to Connery. The fact that this man, who is so iconically Scottish and has one of those voices that are so incredible – Played a Spaniard in this movie yeah, yeah, with yeah. the Scottish accent. Like it takes place in the highlands of Scotland. That right. is the guy he's training, but he plays the Spanish guy. It's, it's, it's on par in a goofier way with Hunt for Red October where they're right. like, we're just going to have him do his accent as the Russian commander and people will believe Scottish sound is how Russian sounds. Right. Like, and it just works. And I don't know why it works and it shouldn't and it won't work for anybody it work? else. It's, but it works. One of the great mysteries of science. Ah, ah, Sean. Good old <laughs> um, Sean. Okay. Uh, so moving on the untouchables untouchables, I think is a critics 88 audiences, 87, 82 and 89. So pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now next up hunt for red October hunt for red October is a fantastic movie. Yeah. And our, uh, my friend Lex, the, the, who, it's the best, um, Jack Ryan movie, right? Wouldn't you say? It's or do so you like hard clear? for me. Well, it yes, it is. Uh, objectively, it is. I, th- it just, I think it's my favorite. Look, if it's not the best, it's the most impressive. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like yeah, they, yeah. they do the most in that one, and it's just the scope of it and everything in McTiernan's direction, and it's fantastic. Yeah. I love Harrison so much, mm-hmm. and I really genuinely That's fair. think I guess Patriot Games and Harry Potter's Danger are so good. Yeah. But I do agree that um, – I mean, it just is. That's the movie that would be up for like an award. The other two mm-hmm. aren't. Um, right, I think right. Hunt for Red October, my buddy Lex, this is his all-time favorite movie. Um, I don't think he listens, but if you're listening, Lex, uh, this one's for you. I think Hunt for Red October gets a 90 from critics and an 88 from audiences. 89 from critics and an 88 from audiences. So incredibly Very close. close. Very, Very close. Good. Felt good about that. Um, and let's uh, let's end strong with Dr. No. Oh, okay. Dr. No, Dr. No. Okay. I think critics for Dr. No gave it a 82. Audiences, 83. 95. Holy shit. And 82. So. That's wild. That's much higher yeah, than I thought. Right? Um, yeah, I, I think agree. From Russia with Love is the highest ranked of all the Bond films on okay. Rotten Tomatoes. Right. I think I, I think for some reason right, thought yeah. that uh, yeah, Doctor No had kind of a dip, but I like that it's that high, and it's the yeah. one that you know really, you know, obviously started it all. Absolutely, I dig it. Um, all right. Well, that's that our Sean Connery one, and um, I think we should. Uh, we're not quite ready to wrap up, but uh, do you have a hidden gem? Uh, yeah, I'm, this is not like the traditional hidden gem, but yeah, considering all the the kind of stuff and all of our Connery talks, there's and no stuff, rules. 
Yeah, I've already mentioned this movie a couple times on this, but I, sure. I want to make my hidden gem this week for for modern audiences and for most people to listen to this. It will be a hidden gem, and it is the the once and future king. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, the man who would be king. Once future the man king who is would a, be a book. King. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I I uh, again, this is a, a movie that's it's just a little, it's a little deeper than mo- you know most of your Connery. Uh, um, you know, entertainment, but, uh, but I think it's just a fantastic film and it's a great study just kind of on humanity and ego and, and all, all these things, culture and, and all kinds of things. And Connery's incredible and Michael Caine's incredible and them together. It's just such a kind of fun adventure. It's got a little bit of that kind of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid thing, sure, but it's a little more serious and gets a little into a little more, uh, dangerous territory, but it's a movie I think that could have only come out in the seventies and, uh, it's, it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Nice, nice. Uh, it's definitely on my list. Uh, my hidden gem is pretty recent, and it's already one that I talked about on the podcast, but um, it just popped up on HBO Max, so I'm trying to go with the idea that this is something okay. you can go watch right now, um, is uh, the Ben Affleck movie from March, The Way Back. Um, oh, yeah. The Way yeah. Back, yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's on <clears throat> HBO Max now, and and I, as I said when it came out, it was probably one of my favorite Ben Affleck roles. Um, I don't always like him. He's kind of a weird guy sometimes. Um, but we like both loved re- this movie. We both really I, I just rewatched Gone Girl also, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, there there's some about Ben Affleck sometimes where, you know, his, his – la- his, um, Lack of doing anything is is sometimes interesting, like an Argo, and you know, and that's a very well made movie that he made, also. But um, I just think that he's got a very kind of weird, dodgy talent. That uh, in this one, he really came full force with the acting, and, and it's wonderful. I, I think you're right. Um, I think he when he when he hits, he really hits, yep. and when he misses, right. he just really misses. Like I really do. Yeah, think exactly. It's, it's yeah. Exactly what you're saying. He's just like, yeah. and this one is one that's really good, and also feels. So personal. I mean, when you know, we know mm-hmm. a little bit about Affleck being a celebrity and you know tabloids and stuff, right. uh, and it and it definitely feels like he was tapping into some some real genuine demons. And I thought he did a great job. Yes. And it, it is a very good movie. I also recommend that one. Absolutely. Well, um, and, and if you're and if you're part of the drug taking crew and you want to watch one, <laughs> uh, if you're part of that that pack of pack of demons that my mom warned me about, <laughs> uh, Zardoz is the movie I will be recommending oh, to you. Uh, yeah. Sean Connery, John Borman directed, and it is, uh, one of the most insane movies I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. John Borman himself on the, uh, commentary at some point said, you know, <laughs> he's reflecting on his own movie while doing a commentary. He said, this movie, this movie may have had too many ideas <laughs> and he was not doing it as a joke. Uh, and that's, that's all I can funny. say about Zardoz, but that's sure, the sure. famous one. We posted a picture of Connery in a it red nut slinger uh, yes. with a, uh, with high boots and a pistol and that, so much body hair. I mean, <laughs> a lot. not, hey, a not man's man. quite as much as me, but clo- very close. <laughs> Fully it's embracing impossible. it. Man. It's impossible. Let to the taco meat just... hang out. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. Um, well, I think that's about it for this episode, guys. We uh, do have a, a listener voicemail that we should play. Um, I have no idea who this is from. And yeah, we don't but, know. Uh, it's a, it's a, it sounds to be a British listener. It's our first um, Scottish fan. They don't like to be <laughs> called British. Yeah, so, British, yeah, we yeah, need to fair. make sure that's, that's true. Um, we know her which, job, I think, from this. Which, but, by the but, way, I uh, definitely have Scotland at the absolute tippy top of my list of places to go, um, meaning that uh, there are very few places in the world that I want to go. I mean, I want to go to a lot of places, but 
ones yeah, that I yeah. will actually go out of my way to spend the money and make the trip in the next, let's say, two, three years or so, I think Scotland is probably as high as it gets, second to Japan again. Yeah. Um, and, Can't uh, recommend Scotland high enough, man. My, my, my all-time favorite trip I ever took with my family, was we did Scotland. and We did Great Britain. Oh, we did Scotland right? and then yeah, kind of sure. went down into England. But we went along Hadrian's Wall and we started in Edinburgh. And like, yeah, it's, it's an incredible place and really beautiful. Well, this whole episode in in tribute to Connery, I've been drinking Lagavulin 16, which is a Scottish Isla whiskey um, uh, or rather uh, uh, an Isla scotch. And um, this is – for what it's worth, this is also Ron Swanson's signature drink. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. But uh, it's it's quite expensive normally. I got a good deal at Costco on this bottle. But uh, but uh, yeah, I'm going to keep drinking it. Well, and I thought about tossing I'll back – I thought about tossing back vodka martinis this entire podcast, <laughs> nice. but yeah. the lightweight that I am, I have been drinking yeah. uh, chocolate teenies and uh, apple teenies <laughs> the entire time. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a spin, a little bit of me, a little bit of Sean. It, it's a school night. It's a school night. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so um, anyway, here is let's our- Let's end uh, on this voicemail and uh, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time. Hello, this is uh, Michael Kane, personal secretary. I was calling in reference to the podcast you are doing. It is lovely. I'm very excited to hear of the Sean Connery podcast that you are doing. Um thought I would just call and say Scotland forever. Scotland forever. Oh, also, Michael Caine wanted to let you know. Fuck off. <laughs>